Good morning. It's so good to see everybody. My name is Monica. I'm an addict. So I'm from um, Cleveland, Ohio, but I settled here in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, where I'm married. I have two kids. They're both off at school this morning. Um, my kids are 11 now and 12 and a half, a little girl and a little boy. Um, and my husband is downstairs working. And I apologize in advance if my very poorly trained dog barges his way in here. Um, but anyway, I'm so thrilled uh, that Charlie asked me to uh, come speak. This meeting is really important to him. Um, and like you said, I've known him for a decade. Um, and he's watched me from the beginning when I did okay, to the demise, to then the okay again. So he's a pretty good um, person to, um, I guess, call me out if I'm not doing okay at this point. Um, so I guess I'll just begin at the beginning. Um, please feel free to ask questions or um, interrupt me. I know some of you, I think, are even out of the country, and I tend to get really excited and talk fast. So if I need to slow down, please let me know. I also cry at pretty much anything. So um, if I start crying, it'll just be a minute. Um, but anyway, like I said, I'll just begin at the beginning. Um, my parents are amazing. Um, my mom is what I would affectionately uh, call here as a pageant mom. I have three sisters, but I was the only one that she held to a different standard and still does. Um, but she's an incredible mom. My dad is very important to me. He's a vascular surgeon uh, and he's why I became a doctor to begin with. I have three sisters. My oldest sister is an alcoholic uh, who is still very sick, um, and she plays a big part in this story. My two younger sisters are, uh, they are they're the type like me, they melt into a puddle um, at any little bump in the road, um, and they're both pregnant right now, which is really exciting. We've got two uh, new nieces on the way. And uh, from the age of four, I fell in love with uh, gymnastics. I was a basically a professional gymnast starting at the age of four. Um, I loved it because I got to flip in the air. Um, I went to one of my sister's classes actually and was playing around in the waiting room and then the coaches saw me and off I went. Um, so basically my life was never ending sports, um, training, gym time, more training, uh, school and homework kind of when I wasn't training. Um, I did go to school like normal kids, I would say, but only for part of the day. I left at 11.30. So that was kind of the beginning of a very structured, rigorous, no room for anything other than perfection and being exhausted. Um, as you all, I'm pretty sure are aware, gymnasts stay very, very tiny. Um, so food became a restricted item right around age seven. Um, I was weighed before practice, mid practice and after practice to make sure I was not like sneaking any food. Um, and I was taught to throw up, uh, probably about the age of seven. Um, and my coaches did this just so you know. Um, so that progressed all the way through middle school, high school, in the beginning anyway, I didn't do any normal dances. I had very few friends outside the gym. Um, and so probably around age 14, 
um, things got pretty, pretty serious in the gym. Um, the 96 Olympics were here in the USA, um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I won the nationals right around age, uh, 15 and a half. You have to be 16 to compete in the Olympics. Uh, so that was December and that was like probably the most, um, I don't know, the beginning of the downfall, I suppose. So after I won um, and my parents kind of went back wherever they were going, um, we were in a hotel. This was a big thing. You stay in hotels, you know, for the weekend with the meets and you basically just run wild. There's little to no supervision, but you're so tired that you just go to bed anyway. But my um, coaches, uh, both of them gave me alcohol, uh, which obviously I'd never had before. Um and from what I believe, I think there it was drugged um, because pretty much after the first drink and uh, I don't remember much other than uh, waking up in the morning after a horrible rape situation. Um, and I mean, these these men, they raised me from the age of four. Um, so you can imagine um, and at that point you have like a manager, you have all these people. And of course I called my parents. I asked them to take me to a hospital, to somewhere. Their response was, well, you shouldn't have had anything to drink uh, if they offered it. And uh, my manager at the time, because you have a manager when you're at this level, just said, there's no way this could have happened. We'll just forge on. Um, so I quit. I made it to Atlanta for the Olympic trials. Um, I got all the cool jackets, just so you know. They're in my daughter's closets now. I have a jacket and a bag. It's pretty cool. Um, but I, I quit. And I think that was one of the very few, you know, now more publicly, there's been a few more gymnasts out there um, that have some sort of situation or nervous, mental, anxiety, depression. We had one just this past um, Olympics, uh, Sean Johnson. So anyway, um, that was the beginning of being 16 and um, going to school for a full day and uh, having friends. And I got a boyfriend. Um, it was it was pretty cool, um, but I didn't know what to do with all this free time and all of these bad habits, not eating, not sleeping, over exercising. So I threw it into studies. I figured if I just studied and was perfect at school, that'd be good enough. Um, which was great because that's how I got into um, a great college. Um, I didn't drink ever there because I was so afraid of alcohol at this point. Um, even when it was offered, I never, ever touched it. Um, so then, um, I went to medical school and medical school was really awesome. Um, I made some really good friends there, but as you know, after you either pass or bomb all of your studies, you're supposed to go out and party. Like there's no tomorrow, which I did the party part. Um, I just didn't drink. I went out to all the pub crawls and I was basically the designated driver for all that. So then I got into a really good residency program. And at this point, Oh, how old was I? 2000 and um, seven. So I would have been 27. Um, so I had my next thing to be perfect at, um, and still in training. Um, and I, at this point had met and married my husband all within about six months. So again, impulsive type things, just because I found a guy that was going to love me and kind of stay out of my way because my career came first. 
Um, and so in residency, you work crazy hours, you're under an unbelievable amount of stress. You have some traumas along the way, just with patients that pass away or your attending physicians that could be hard on you. And, you know, even if they said you did an amazing job, but all I heard was the, but, and I need to do better, which then led to overworking. Um, but I had several kind of injuries during this time. Um, because I was over-exercising. Um, so I have uh, very bendy joints. Um, I tend to break very easily, most likely just because um, I was malnourished all the way through this whole thing. Um, but in the midst of all these injuries, you know, I would go see the doctor, but I would decline any form of pain control or anything other than just, you know, get me casted up and put me on my way because I have to go back to work and run a million miles an hour with a smile on my face, no matter what was going on. So I'm sure there was some significant, you know, anxiety and depression. Um, I was starting to have dreams, uh, flashbacks. Um, I stopped sleeping um, just because of the stress and I didn't like to sleep because that's when the dreams, nightmares, whatever you want to call them, tend to show up. So that, um, led me to third year of residency when on top of all this, I decided to have a baby. Um, and she's amazing. Thank goodness. Um, but in maternity leave, you're supposed to take, you know, eight to 12 weeks. I took four, um, had a baby, you know, breastfed this baby pumped, went right back to work. Um, and you know, kind of like nothing had ever happened, just push forward. Um, and then, uh, I was like, well, I'm not ready to go out there yet. So I chose to do an extra year of fellowship um, so I could stay in the training arena a little while longer. And I chose a, a surgical fellowship um, in the world of labor and delivery, which adds a tremendous amount of stress. You're taking care of two patients, a mom and a baby, and things can go pretty badly um, on a bad night. But again, you know, with a baby, I was on call twice a week. So I was in the hospital twice a week. Um, bless my husband you know, cause I just kind of said, well, we have a baby now and you'll just, you'll figure it out. Cause I'm still training and this will be fine. Um, but I got pregnant again. Uh, so I was pregnant during fellowship year and again, you know, had a, a really nice long pregnancy, a good delivery, but I went back to work in three weeks after this one. So now I have a 17 month old and a newborn baby and I went straight back to work. Um, and you know, through all of this, you know, I just kept thinking, if I just keep moving forward, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So my using history, other than overworking, perfectionism, probably anxiety, depression, overexercise, that was kind of where it was there. Um, but the drugs did not come into play until about, okay, so fast forward now. So that's all the way till 2011. And I did okay for a few years. Charlie can tell you, I did great for a few years. I really did. Yeah, he's smiling. I, um, million miles an hour um, until about 2015 and my whole world fell apart. Um, so it kind of started with a terrible injury. Um, I was over-exercising and I had a terrible dismount off the treadmill. All I did was step off and I broke my whole leg, just broke it, dislocated my kneecap, just, and everything, all the bones just kind of collapsed. 
I'm like, all right. But I was at the hospital at the time. It was a quiet moment. So I was downstairs in the gym exercising. And so I had to call like a rapid response on myself for somebody to come pick me up out of the gym. But that's okay. I put some ice on it, wrapped it up best I could and splinted it and finished my night on call. And the next day was like, well, my leg is terribly disfigured. So I need to go see a surgeon who said, well, you need surgery. And at this point throughout kind of residency, I had had from age 11 to this point, I'd already had six surgeries on this knee. Um, and I'd, I'd been given pain medicine for this, never had an issue with it, took the prescription. Most of the time I only took a little bit of it. I was so controlled about it and, um, got rid of the rest. Um, but this time I had a terrible injury and it needed surgery, but I made up every excuse in the world to avoid having it. So at first one of, um, and there were only five of us running this residency program at this point. So I was teaching residents, delivering babies, doing hospital rounds, just never had a free moment. So when I got home, things were, you know, rough. And, um, so anyway, I got this terrible injury and they handed me a bottle of pain pills. And at this point I was like, thank God, because I can't continue to work if the pain is not controlled. Um, and I didn't have the surgery because one of the attendings, one of the five of us went out with, um, heart bypass surgery. So that left four of us to run 24 people. Then, um, the next one went off on maternity leave. So couldn't have the surgery because. I still need to take care of this. And in the meantime, um, the pain medicine, I only took at nighttime. During the day, I was Tylenol, Motrin. I only took it at night um, because I learned very quickly. That's how I got three or four hours of sleep without the bad dreams and the pain. Um, so that went on. That was February. Um, and then in July, I finally got my surgery. So I'd been doing C-sections on this broken leg, trying to sleep, trying to handle two babies at home. My husband had a full-time job. My family, my mom and dad and three sisters were starting to worry at this point. Uh, my father-in-law, um, who I loved, oh my gosh. Um, my mother-in-law is a pill. She's a whole nother story. Um, she's horrific most of the time. Um, my father-in-law died um, and that was really traumatic. So on the day of his funeral, I got up at one in the morning and this was 2015. I got up at one in the morning. I got my rounds done by five. Um, so that at five 30 or six o'clock with all the charting done, I could round with the residents so I could get home, shower with my family and, uh, get to the layout and the funeral. Um, and, I should have asked one of my partners who there were only still two other people really to ask for help and they didn't really offer it at all. I mean, they watched me struggle, didn't really say anything. So, um, I should have just asked for help, but meanwhile, you know, so I'm at this funeral and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not technically working now. So I took pain medicine to get through that. And my husband's an only child. So this was pretty traumatic for him too. Um, Anyway, so that was fall and right around like August, September, I thought, okay, well, maybe if I get a new job, this is a good idea. Maybe I should just change my job, slow down a little bit. So I did. So I interviewed for some jobs along the way. I started to ask for help, you know, and the surgeon was like, well, you know, if you're still hurting, you know, it's not healing. 
I still had bones and fixators and stuff that wasn't healing because I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I didn't rest. I didn't do any of the things I should have done. And I'm still, um, you know, trying again to raise two young kids at that point, they were two and three and a half. Um, so anyway, so I then went to, we have an employee health program. So I thought, well, maybe I should ask for help. So I had my own therapist. I got on some medicine. I went to my doctor, um, went to an employee health program, talked to my boss, talked to my boss's boss. I talked to everybody that I knew and I just kind of got patted on the wrist. Like, you'll be okay. You're strong. You'll be okay. Meanwhile, obviously I wasn't okay. So around November, December, 2015, I got a new job. I thought, well, I don't want to let anybody down. So I'll stay till I graduate the residence. Uh, yeah. In the next July. So my start date was supposed to be August. So that was November, December. So like I said, I, I hadn't really told people about the pain medicine use. They knew I had it. You could see it on my chart. I'd made no whatever, but they didn't know what an attachment I had to it. Because at this point it was, if I don't take it, I won't sleep. And then I'm going to die. <laughs> That's, that's where I was at this point. Um, okay. So then let's see, fast forward a little bit, February, um, I found a breast lump and I have a family history of breast cancer. So I just kind of thought, well, I'll ignore it for a little bit, but it did, it got bigger. So I went, they, um, I did all this by myself. I didn't tell anybody, of course, um, yeah. So I went, I had the biopsy. Thank goodness. Everything was fine, but that kind of consumed February. Um, and I didn't really tell my husband either. I just kind of kept it myself and kept going. March, my grandmother died. Um, and this is now 2016. So grandma died, similar situation. Um, got up, did my rounds early, just kind of said, well, I need a day to go be with my family. And, uh, you know, so her funeral was kind of a blur. Um, let's see. So that was March and then April, um, April, that was a hot mess. Oh, and through this, I guess I should say, this is where I really started to get myself in trouble. So one of my partners around January, I should back up to January of 2016. One of my partners sits down with me and she says, you know, you're looking really terrible you know, we don't know what's going on. You're really exhausted. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this because at that point, other than this other attending who had pretty much stopped working, she decided to be a stay-at-home mom. I was the only one with young kids, you know? So she just said, gosh, you know, I keep, uh, I keep Vicodin and Valium in my purse. It's there. I use it whenever I need it. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, all right, well, she's got it there. And, you know, it, to me, it was like an invitation, right? And of course, all this time, my surgeon was still prescribing my pain medicine and I never took more than I should have. I was extremely careful about it, but nobody would listen to me. Nobody. I mean, I talked to everybody I could and it was like, they say, oh, hey, how are you doing? And before I could even say, well, I'm getting kind of suicidal here. They were already halfway down the highway or the hallway. Like they weren't even listening, right? Yeah. So, um, 
So then I started to take hers out of her purse because I thought, well, surely she will notice. This is going to be fine. I'm going to take it out of her purse and she's going to notice and I'm finally going to get caught. Nothing, nothing. Like, um, and she had a different pain medicine than I had. And I never took hers, like swallowed it. I took them, but I never swallowed it because I had my own, which nobody believed, by the way, when I went to treatment, they're like, there's no way you're lying. And I was like, you can test me out the wazoo. They'll show up differently on a test. Fine by me. But either way, that's very not normal behavior. And looking back, I know that, but it, it was working for me. So finally, April, this is where we are. So that kind of started in January. She didn't say anything until April when all in the same week, um, you know, my older sister, who I told you is a terrible alcoholic, uh, uh, she decided, uh, to kill herself, um, or at least try. She's still with us. Thank God. Um, so that was Tuesday. And so I had her kids. Um, so my parents could go be with her and she looked through it. Um, she's still drinking. Um, it was awful. And I figured at that point that I was not that far off because I just didn't know what to do, but I had her kids, my kids. And so finally that was Tuesday, Friday, um, I didn't realize it, but this other person in my group had put up a camera in her office. So I got busted. Finally, after nearly 13 months of all of this craziness, it finally came to an end. So, and at this point, my husband just didn't know what to do with me. Still doesn't um, most of the time. Um, my family was already in crisis. And so I had to call them and say, hey, look, this is what happened. And out of all the responses, they were like, thank God, because we were going to have two kids in the ICU trying to kill themselves. So. Um, that was horrifying. So right then I was taken over to HR. I had to sit, tell them what was going on, which was human resources. That's who kind of manages it. This a partner of mine, whose pills I was stealing came over and told them she didn't want me fired, that I was a good friend to her and she didn't want me fired. Okay. Where were you when I asked you for help? or didn't ask one of the two. Um, so then um, I did a drug test, obviously. Uh, it only showed my prescription medicine. I brought them the rest of my bottle with the appropriate number of medicine. Um, you know, but again, you know, it's aberrant behavior. You know, no matter what, I'm still an addict. I'm still whatever. I have so many other addictions. Um, and so anyway, that's when I met Charlie. 
as recovery Charlie, not like awesome colleague Charlie. I'm sure he kind of watched it happen in real time and I'm not really sure he knew what to do with me either. Uh, because at this point, you know, they'd asked me to do a million projects and, you know, I did it with a smile, you know, whatever. I just kept taking it on. And uh, so he just said, this is going to be okay. This is going to be fine. I'm like, nope, my whole life blew up. My sister's on a ventilator. I have four kids in my house under the age of 10 and I can't leave right now. Um, I just can't. So he went with me to get fired uh, because I didn't think I could be fired by myself. And I'm so glad he did. <laughs> because it was horrifying. These people who had trained me in residency um, and even like my boss's boss, the head of the whole thing giggled and I'll never forget it. He said, this is the first time I've ever gotten to double fire somebody. So I got fired from my current job, which I was quitting anyway. And the job I was supposed to be taking in less than two months that was supposed to make my life better. That was awesome. So in the meantime, in the world of being a doctor, you have to uh, go get evaluated. I have licensure. I've just all this stuff. You know, it's not just as easy as going to treatment and getting better. You know, you get everything stripped away. You have to go meet the medical board. I had my family medicine board certification pulled from me. You get reported to this terrible data bank where they put out there for the world, like all the terrible things you've done, which I personally think is a HIPAA violation, but whatever. Um, Anyway, so I went to treatment uh, for 84 days. I asked them to keep me for the 90. They wouldn't. They sent me home. Um, They said I was done. And I said, well, um, I couldn't even make it home. My husband was still so angry and he had every right to be, um, every right to be. He wouldn't even come to family weekend, but my family did. And my one best friend in the whole world came. Uh, So I came home to a mess. You know, my sister was still on suicide watch. Uh, I still had her kids. Uh, My husband was keeping his head above water, but not well. Um, So that was back in 2016, August. Um, I came home. So I left in May. I came home in August. I went to a meeting from when I was in Florida. So I live in Ohio. So I drove up from Florida. I couldn't even go home and face everything yet. So I hit at a meeting first. Then when I stayed at the meeting, I decided to stay after and avoid it just for a little while longer. Um, But then I went home. So since then, where I'm at now is um, my kids are now 11 and 12 and a half, and they are thriving. We told them I went to mom camp. Uh, We couldn't figure out, and we still haven't figured out the right way to tell them. For now, they know I'm allergic to alcohol and poppy seeds, um, and that works for them. Um, Anytime I go away, somewhere just for a conference. They're like, Oh my God, mom, please don't go to mom camp. But I did. I came home. I learned how to play with them. I learned how to sit still. I learned how to eat. Uh, by the time I went to treatment, I was down to 97 pounds, uh, healthy weight for me, um, that I've agreed to with my doctor is 130. Um, so I still get weighed about every three months. Um, you know, and I'm in my forties for God's sakes. Like sometimes I feel like I'm in kindergarten, but I still have all these people looking out for me because I can't do it myself. Um, but they are doing amazingly well. My husband and I made it. We're still married. There has been a lot of dysfunction in there. Um, he admitted to an affair in the middle of all of my chaos. Um, but that didn't come out till a couple years ago. That's been hard to handle, but again, 
I mean, I was pretty much untouchable by everybody. Um, so we're working through that and I have a great job. It's all still full of dysfunction. I'm a family doctor. I only work in an office now. I go to one place. I stay there all day long. And no matter how crazy it gets, I know at the end of the day, all the patients are going to leave unless they're crazy stalkers. It's good. And uh, I have a very supportive boss who is very watchful so that I don't overwork. Um, I have good boundaries now. I have a great relationship with my family, my parents, my two younger sisters. Uh, my older sister is still sick. Um, and that's really hard. Uh, my husband, I could say at lots of times is an alcoholic. Um, but you know, I can't fix that either. I can only fix me. Um, so I don't know, you know, that's still kind of out there, but we're in a good spot. Our kids are healthy and happy. And that's really most important to me. And like I said, I love my job. I love my patients. I really love the word. No. It's very, it just like rolls off the tongue now. It's like, no, it's a boundary. Don't cross it. Um, but I'm in such a better place. And it's really just because everything fell apart. You know, Charlie was a huge part of this. You know, he held my hand through it. Um, and he's still here holding my hand when I'm giving leads um, because it's still hard to talk about. It's been seven, it'll be seven years in April. Uh, next April. And it's still really hard to talk about. Um, but let's see, I made it in a half hour, Charlie. <laughs> um, but that's really all I have. Like I said, I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. Um, so I guess you could say my drug of choice for sure is um, opiates. Um, I'm not really, I was never a big alcohol drinker. There were too many calories in it. The opiates were fine and there's no calories, which is amazing. Um, but no, that's really all I've got. I appreciate you all being so attentive. Um, it's fun to watch your faces. It's more fun to watch this in meeting. And I wish that you could have uh, seen me a few years ago when I was running around like a crazy person. So that's all I got.